Hello, Coffee and Convo listeners. It's your host, Liz Bullard. For those of you who are new to Coffee and Convos, welcome. This is my podcast where I talk with friends, leaders in the community, and other great conversationalists about things that are happening in the world around me, and as well as some things that are happening locally. This episode, I'm joined by my friend Raven as we discuss the importance of words. And there's been a lot of debate following the incident at the Capitol and if Donald Trump's words in some way had influenced what went on. And we use that instance as a caveat to explore the importance of words and how our words can inspire hope. They can inspire change. They can influence a call to action and equality and to justice. And we really explore how there's such a need now more than ever to use our words so that we can push forward and not go backwards. Because sometimes it feels that We aren't very far from the dreams and the speeches of the civil rights movement. And so as you listen, I implore you to think about what is your call to action? How can you use your words, your platform to inspire hope, to inspire change, and to break down um, division? And so I hope this episode finds you well. I hope that it inspires you to go out there and create change in your life and your community. Please find Coffee and Combos on social media platforms and be well and remember to add three things to your cup to get you through your day and your week. Raven, welcome to Coffee and Combos yet again. I appreciate you sitting with me. No problem. Glad to be here. Thank you for thinking of me and inviting me. Oh, anytime. So listeners out there, if this voice sounds familiar, this is Raven. She is a friend of mine. And we both work to inspire people with the words that we use and with kindness and, and love and empathy. And um, last time Raven joined us, it was in the wake of the George Floyd incident. And we talked about how it was no longer time to be silent and how silence had actually could be hurtful in those times. And so that's why Raven, I thought it was really good to bring you back and talk about um, how words matter. Because after the Capitol, we saw a lot about, you know, did Trump start it with um, his words? Were other things that he put out there on social media um, influencing this? And I thought it was just really interesting to kind of have you talk about words and Um, kind of your thoughts about everything that has unfolded over these last weeks. Oh my goodness. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there has been so much that has transpired over the past few weeks. And it's very interesting um, that you use the, the words. Um, Mm. I think that words is definitely important as well as perception. And so when it comes down to all of the things that has transpired, I definitely feel that the um, the president, the former president, soon to be out. <clears throat> thank you. But oh, um, less amen. <laughs> yes, um, I definitely feel that he encouraged hate and he encouraged 
you know, people to kind of stand firm on those racist ideologies, which is what we saw in the Capitol. Um, there were so many different instances where he didn't speak up for the injustices that happened against uh, the black and brown people in the country. And by when he did have commentary, it was, you know, negative. It was, you know, we were referred to as thugs and, mm. you know, he was saying, you know, and animals stand, even. Yep. And, you know, stand by and, you know, let or whatever he said, something as far as, you know, letting stand whatever. back and stand by. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Stand back and stand by. And I feel that all of those things were taken out of I don't I wouldn't want to say out of context because obviously we see what Mm -hmm. the result was from that but I definitely feel that his words played a huge part in it when you look back at the Obama administration when there were crises how Mm -hmm. Obama handled things it was more um the the perception or the perspective was coming from a humanity perspective and trying to make sure that we were all joined together on and on the same page. And with Trump, I feel that there was a lot of division. It was more us against them. And so it definitely has greatly impacted what is going on in the world today. Well, in the United States today, for sure. I, I think that like there were so many great points in that from starting with um, his language when it came to people that are black and brown was very different. Mm -hmm. Um, We see this even with the riot talking about they're good people, I love you, go home, versus, you know, again, uh, with it with regards to Black Lives Matter during the summer, Mm -hmm. um, very much harsher tone, you know, when the looting starts, uh, the shooting starts, you know, Mm -hmm. these are thugs, these are animals that should be punished to the full extent of the law. And so uh, again, not using his platform to speak up, it it really does kind of reinforce those that would choose to see hate, right? So like if we were all saying, hey, like we know that we're not going to see hate, maybe would things have been different? Maybe. Maybe. But we're seeing, but we're seeing that his words just added fuel to the fire of hate that was already there. And maybe in some instances created more hate from people that maybe weren't even aligning themselves with um, that white supremacy um, ideology. For sure. And then when it comes down to, you know, that it just made me think about the actions that proceeded after. Um, Mm. The Capitol is a prime example of the privilege that has been displayed in the United States. I mean, if you look at how uh, people, the protesters were treated in the Black Lives Matter compared to what happened at the Capitol, it's night and day. I mean, absolutely Mm -hmm. night and day. They had the tear tear gas and they had Mm -hmm. the, you know, the full rubber bullets. Yes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they shot into the crowd. I mean, and literally there were thousands and thousands of peaceful protesters throughout this entire time. I mean, obviously you had the, the instances where people, you know, were not peaceful, but there were more Mm -hmm. peaceful instances than there were violent ones. And even the peaceful ones were handled as if we were trying to impose, well, not we, but as if they were trying to impose World War III. And then you have what happened in the Capitol and you have people on house arrest and you have, you know, Mm -hmm. people, you know, being fired from their jobs and, you know, that type of thing, but not the, the harsh penalties that were imposed in similar you know, protests before us. And that really sends a message that, you know, you are different. 
and America is mm. going to handle you different. And it's reinforcing those racist ideologies that people feel that they can get away with because as a country, we're treated differently. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in and, and thinking about people losing their jobs and all of that, I, I do think that there were people that remained silent because they felt like, well, if I say that I stand for Black Lives Matter, it might be interpreted that I stand for quote unquote riots and will I be in danger of losing my job? Mm -hmm. But then on the flip side, right, we see people who went down to the Capitol that were physical therapists, that were in the Olympics, that were in the army, that yep. are what we would call quote unquote pillars in the community with had no fear uh, of repercussion or of losing their job or that there was any um, negative thing that would happen. And so I think that's also interesting, again, when we're talking about words both being said and not said, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that people had fear of standing up for what they truly believe. And then on the opposite, people felt very comfortable standing on hate. Yep. Very comfortable. And, you know, mm -hmm. I saw an article recently, I think it was the other day where uh, one of the people who were, who was on the news um, in a news article was asking for a pardon. Stop. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Asking for a pardon from Trump because he was facing um, jail time or something like that. And it's just, you know, it really pisses me off, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, I think that mm -hmm. these are very trying times and it's no different than what our ancestors have experienced. However, mm -hmm. you know, when you grow up in a, you know, when you grow up post the racial, you know, I guess like the Jim Crow and, you know, mm -hmm. all of those things, when you grow up past that, you really have this, this rose color lens yeah. over your eyes. You know, you expect the country to move forward and to progress. I mean, we have we have advanced so far, but yet we are still right back where we were back in those, you know, post Jim Crow and, you know, Martin Luther King days. It's just, I just feel that we're living, reliving those times, we're repeating history and it makes me really sad. It, you know, and, and that absolutely sums it up because I've been thinking, uh, again, I'm like, I lived with such rose colored glasses, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm for so long because again they there was always the, these words or this perception of oh you can sit in, at the ice cream counter with people that don't look like you so racism doesn't exist mm -hmm. oh you can go out there and buy a house so racism doesn't exist yep. and then when instances would come up it was like no 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 that's one instance that's one instance of police brutality that person resisted there was always these excuses yep. and so it's like well maybe i'm looking with wrong eyes mm -hmm. maybe this world is different you know what i mean and so i think that there has always been like these rose colored glasses forced on yep. and really the capital for me was really disheartening and exhausting because i'm like these are people that are your neighbors yep. that are in your school system that are in your healthcare. like these these are people in the community and they were down there to support hate and and racism and and division and it, it really is disheartening and really is sad to see that we are no further than where we started out years ago with people fighting for equality no we aren't and you know it's one of those things where you really have to you know have a moment of of transparency with yourself as well as self-reflection mm -hmm. you know what is it that i'm going to do to move forward because as you said you know the people that we thought were 
good people or you know people to have mm-hmm. close into our lives are some of the people very the very same people who are supportive of what has been transpiring mm-hmm. and a prime example mm-hmm. was on my Facebook. Oh my goodness. I, you know, when doing the whole Black Lives Matter protest, you had people giving their opinions negative or positive, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, people definitely felt that they had, you know, something to say about that. However, with the Capitol, my Facebook was so dry. And when I say dry, I mean <laughs> the only people that had something to say about it were the people like you and me. The people that, you know, were commenting about, oh, you know, when they had the different opinions about how people were going about protesting, Mm -hmm. all of those people were silent. And that really made me realize just how close, (laughs) how close the wolves are to me, so to speak. And, you know, it really made me say, you know, okay, I have to do something different. You know, I have to, I have to change my mission. You know, like, obviously, mm. I'm all for diversity and, you know, empowering of our, you know, of our, our country, mm-hmm. you know, I'm all for that. However, you know, I need to make sure that I am okay. And I need to make sure that my community is okay. Mm. And by doing that, my focus is starting to shift now. Um, mm. And so really figuring out how can I impact the next generation so that if this is what they're dealing with, they are equipped to be able to articulate mm. themselves and be able to stand up for themselves in a way that is going to push them into the history book, so to speak, because we need to do something different. We really do. You know, that's so interesting because I thought it was just my feed, you know, like it was so quiet and I'm just like, oh, crickets out here. Like where are right. people? Like when it was, Black Lives Matter, everyone was like, all lives matter. There was a lot of words yep. to say. And then when the Capitol happened, um, there were a couple, you know, diehard Trump mm-hmm. supporters, like literally I can count them on one hand that said, you know, well, you know, these are just people that are angry. These are just people that, you know, just took it too far. This is nothing like with the Black Lives Matter, you know, and it was interesting because there are people that are really vocal in the community um, politically and not politically and they were very yep. quiet. And I was like, we, we can't stand up for right. We can't say that this was absolutely wrong, that they went inside the US Capitol and blew the, the Confederate flag for the first time ever in history. It didn't happen during the Civil War, that they were calling out lawmakers to do harm, that there were zip ties, right? You don't bring a zip tie for a conversation. Like you're going to cause exactly. harm. You are going to falsely imprison yep. someone. And like, we, we can't stand up and say like, oh, like, no, like the fact that the president took so long to intervene and that when he did intervene, it was still very lackadaisical, very like, okay, just, just right. go home, go home. We love you. You're still okay. Yep. yep. And we were like, you know, we know you're upset, but you know, go home versus, you know, stand by. What was it? Stand back and stand by. Stand back and stand by. And, and, you know, you have to kind of make light of the situation from getting so upset. Because honestly, when I saw that, I I was just like, I need supervision. Like, I was not okay. You know, Mm. I was definitely was not okay. And I think that last time we talked, we spoke about just making Mm -hmm. sure that doing all of, you know, the things that are going on to take that time to 
you know, make sure you take some time for yourself in that self-care. And I think that that is still so important today just to, you know, there's so many safe spaces where you can have these conversations. I think it's important to have conversations with other people and to, you know, continuously speak about this because this is the generational Mm -hmm. trauma that is, you know, Mm. it's starting to, you know, impact our future generations. Like we're restarting the trend. And so if we don't, you know, get a hold mm. of it now and, you know, really give people that opportunity to say, hey, this is not okay. What are we going to do about it? How can we continuously make strides? Then nothing is going to change and we won't be able to, you know, um, rise up from this. Absolutely. And I think what's key is what you said, creating safe spaces, because I think there are a lot of, of thoughts, a lot of confusion, a lot of emotions, a lot of complex trauma from whether you were there experiencing it, whether you saw it, whether you're reliving it from thinking about how it's just a generation ago. Some people are living in households who have generations who went through uh, the segregation and all of that. And so I think creating those safe spaces, but also in creating those safe spaces, setting guidelines that we are not debating whether this was right or wrong. That was completely wrong. You know, this is a space to process your complex feelings, but we're going to do it knowing that we are all human in this space, knowing that we are deserving of of safety, of of love, respect Mm -hmm. in this space. And I think that's what's kind of been been missing. It's like we are debating, even like what Black Lives Matter, when, you know, Black and brown communities were saying, like, we just deserve to make it to the courthouse so we can debate whether we are guilty or innocent, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Everyone should be afforded to that. And I I don't understand why we had to debate whether, quote unquote, criminals, because with the George Floyd thing, when people would bring up, like, that shouldn't have happened, the response was like, he was a criminal. Whether you're a criminal or not, whatever it is, you have the right to due process. You have the right to not be harmed. You have the right to to, to, to live. Absolutely. And so interesting that you said that I had a I was listening to some old school music yesterday and I was listening to a song with Jay-Z and something that's standing out in my mm-hmm. mind is, you know, the whole three fifths of a person. I feel like we're on that, like the America is still mm-hmm. on that three fifths of a person's mentality when it comes to black and brown people. I mean, it just, it, mm-hmm. it, it resonates so much, you know, while we feel that we are an equal and it should be that way. As a country, they still treat us as if we are three-fifths of a person. Mm. And that is, it's it's just, it's sad. It's really, really sad. And, you know, we shouldn't have to fight for the basic rights that others are just provided with so so effortlessly. I mean, it's literally, you know, it's not even Mm. an afterthought. It's not an afterthought. You know, I, every time I look into what happened in the Capitol, I always see, you know, articles coming, you know, about how, the, the National Guard and the military were told to, you know, to not to intervene, you know, and that really, <laughs> it just, it says a lot. It, it just said so much. And so really changing that. Mm. It, and, 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 and when you say that, how do you change that? How do you change, you know, something mm. that this country was founded on, like that ideology that we weren't even human? How do you, how do you change that? Absolutely. And I think that's been something um, that I struggle with, right? Especially as a person, right? I tend to be a person like I got to fix things. Like, how do I fix this? And there's no amount of 
lobbying or policy that no. fixes this, right? We have policies in place that say that uh, you cannot discriminate. We mm-hmm. can't do, you know what I mean? And I mean, even we'll, we'll back it up under this Trump administration where we say that no matter your sexual orientation, you are deserving of medical care and things like that. And yep. he had repealed that. So, so do our laws protect us or not? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And how do you feel safe knowing, you know, same thing with, um, uh, Supreme Court, uh, Justice mm-hmm. Amy Coney Barrett, right? There was fear that we were going to repeal abortion yeah. laws, right? Why are we living in fear that we're going to lose laws that protect people? Like, that's an odd concept that I don't think we've addressed in this com- this country. Because if that's the case, then we can repeal laws regarding segregation. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, <sighs> it's I, I'm just so thankful for these conversations because, you know, it really makes you realize just, again, how much work is left to do and how many more conversations mm-hmm. are needed and how many more safe spaces are necessary for people to feel mm. as if they matter and as if they belong and as if they are valued and if they are validated and all of the things that they are experiencing throughout this life in this country. And, you know, I just, I'm so thankful that as a African-American social worker that I'm able to, you -hmm. know, really place my hands in different populations to make that difference and to be that representation for our community. Because at the end of the day, like you said, there's no amount of fixing, you know, there's, there's nothing that we can do to change the situation except for be a part of the solution, so to speak. And so, you know, I just try to move forward with that because if we continue to talk about, you know, how, you know, this has impacted us, it will definitely change your mood and your vibe. And so (laughs) just trying to stay positive is definitely important right now. And just, you know, checking in on everybody and making sure that they are okay. Absolutely. And, and I think also what you mentioned about even in your job, making sure that you stand for, and you are a voice for all people. I mean, even though it sounds small, we are reminded that everyone doesn't get that. And I I think that it's about taking a zero tolerance when there's a talk of oppression, a talk of bigotry, a talk of values that we are saying we're not going to stand in this country. And um, as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about, you know, so listeners, tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day. And I was thinking about, you know, this man, this leader was killed because his words inspired hope and unity. But on the flip side, we have Trump and we have this urge to protect his words, to protect his Twitter, to protect his Facebook, to protect his ideologies, even though we're seeing that his words create hate and division. And I think we really need to ask ourselves, what does what does that say about us as a country and as a people that we are more outraged that we cannot hear his words of division than the outrage following with this man who was killed only because yeah. he wanted hope. Wow, definitely a very powerful comparison. And I hope that people, as they, you know, listen, that they really start to reflect on Dr. Martin Luther King. And if, you know, I feel as if it, his, his message is definitely impactful, but I think that people need to do a little bit of digging and really understand 
you know, mm. all of the things that he had endured throughout his legacy and mm. to really, you know, reflect on that and say, you know, are we in different times? Is it any different than it was in the 1960s? Or are we, you know, or, or do we need to reevaluate our values and, you know, maybe we need another Martin Luther King because I, I just yeah. don't want, I, I just, it makes me, I, I just want to make sure that his name is not in vain. Um, and so, mm. you know, yes, we know these peace, peaceful messages and, you know, ideologies have been the forefront of the whole, um, the Jim Crow and the racial segregation and all of those things. Mm -hmm. However, we're back there. So now, so now what, you know, mm -hmm. what's next, you know, what, what, you know, what's next? Absolutely. And I think that's also a very important conversation because, um, again, it, it, it baffles me going back to the, sum the summer um, with the Black Lives Matter protest and when people would be angry because they weren't heard, right? They'd be like, oh, well, remember Martin Luther King was peaceful. Yeah, but like he had to die before something happened, before he was heard. And I think also with that, in this country where we never want to do what's right until there is violence, until there is an outcry, um, separate from the riot, the, the, the Capitol riot, or that to yep. me is domestic terrorism. But the, you know, but I, it should not have, whether it's with immigration, Black Lives Matter, LGBT, there is always this, we don't want to deal with it, so just yep. be peaceful and be passive. And I think while in that time with Martin Luther King, I think that might've been the time. I don't yep. know if we are in that time. And I'm not saying that we need to rise up and, and do all that, but I think that taking a more um, direct and active stance of saying we are taking a zero tolerance for hate speech, we are taking a zero tolerance for injustice, we are taking a zero tolerance when diversity is not discussed, I think that's sure. where we need to be. I, I definitely agree with that, especially because, like you said earlier, there have been people who are afraid to, you know, stand with mm -hmm. the, you know, that ideology publicly for fear of backlash and mm -hmm. for fear of um, repercussions. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be really important to have that mindset that there needs to be something different and that everybody needs to be on the same page Uh it's 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 imperative Absolutely. at this point because the people who were on the same page you saw what happened at the capitol they you know mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. were heard now nothing happened from it mm -hmm. because of you know it was like mm -hmm. you said domestic terrorism however if you you see how 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 strong a movement can be and so using yes. that example, but turning it into positive would be, you know, using the, using their, um, it's like one of those things where I don't, I don't know, like you're using their, um, their tactics against them say, so this is what they did. And so we're mm -hmm. going to do it better. And we're going to do it in a way that is, mm -hmm. you know, peaceful and that is, you know, direct and that is getting hurt, I think would be, you mm -hmm. know, one of those things. Well, well, we did it too. So now what? So I, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and I think we're really seeing it is a top down change, you know, um, with Trump again, his words, right? 
people, he is in a position of power and leadership. And for people to go to the Capitol riot and say, Trump told me to come, he called for patriots, right? The fact that whether he feels that he has called these people and mobilized these people, they see his words as a rallying cry. And I think that like you talked about for being a voice for the generation, we really need to see and step back and say, how are my words impacting people? Whether you realize it, agree with it or not, if our words are, are, are causing hate or causing division, we have to say, okay, do I need to change my message? Do I need to change my delivery? Um, and I think, again, that's how we're, we're going to get through this. I think, you know, people are like, oh, this generation is so sensitive. I think it's going to take being even more sensitive, being even more aware, being more aware of our influence, because we're also seeing social media as such a platform where our words remain in the air and the atmosphere, where our comments remain in the air and the atmosphere and just really taking a step back and looking um, and thinking before we just kind of post or, or try to incite um, oh, yes. fear and oh, division. Yes. And I am. <laughs> it's so interesting. I really try to stay away from expressing any type of views on social media. I know that it is a powerful tool, but like you said, it's one of those things where they it stays forever. And so really for me, mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't know if that's going to change as I continue to get involved in different um, organizations and such. But for me, I think it's more, it's more powerful for my actions and, you know, to speak louder than my words. Cause everybody has opinions. Mm. And I feel that when you open up your opinions on social media, it kind of creates that, that form for other people who will not necessarily agree with your opinion to, you know, have, have commentary. And I, I don't want any of that <laughs> on my social media. You know, that's not what my social media is for. I I think that, but like you said, it is important to think about those things when you, you know, before you post on social media or before you use that platform, because it is such a powerful platform. I think that maybe in the future, having a, a, a creative space for that would be helpful because we don't really mm. have that right now. No, and I, I think, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, I think we're seeing that, again, just um, just having a Biden-Harris ticket does not make all this go away. I think that it, it's going to, it starts there. It starts by him creating a diverse cabinet of, of people, thoughts, ideas. Um, even, in, and again, when we're calling for diversity, that doesn't just mean color of skin. Like, I think one person... Um, was an immigrant that he had up there. One person was like from poverty, like having all these these different backgrounds. I mean, that's what we need to see. We need to be more inclusive um, in, in the people that we are having represent us and the people that we are inviting to these conversations, because I think that's going to send a very clear message that we are not a, a society of hate. We are not a society of bigotry. We are just a society where everyone is able to flourish and yeah. grow and, and that I, is welcome. I, I agree. And so it also makes me question, are we, are we that society? Because what happened in the mm. Capitol, there were a lot of people who mm. were not on the same page. And so, you know, if we mm. are not a society like that, how can we grow to become one? I think being honest and transparent, because even like, it, it's just been really fascinating to, to me to see the people that were there. And I remember there was like, um, 
one girl called on her mother and her uncle that were down at the Capitol and that's how they found them. And I think, you know, even like the complexities of you have people in a household or in a family who have varying um, ideologies and, and thoughts on this country. And it's not, um, I was talking with a friend and, you know, she was saying, you know, she thought maybe this was generational, right? And like, okay, these people would, you know, this generation of people are going to die off, right? And, and you're going to have this new generation. But we're seeing you have people of varying ages and, and generations yeah. that were down there as well. And so I, I think it's really about taking a zero tolerance. It's really saying, I'm not going to tolerate um, false claims about the election or false claims about race or these double standards, we are going to take a zero tolerance. I don't care who that is, whether that's your best employer, your best friend, or your family member. It's about taking that zero tolerance um, because that's the only reason we've gotten just yeah. an inch further than where we were. If someone said we are no longer going to say that black and brown people can't be in the same school, we are no longer going to say that women cannot do the same job. Someone said we are not going to take that anymore, so you make room. And I think yeah, that's what we sure. have to continue to do. I mean, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> <sighs> there is much work that needs to be done, much work that needs to be done. But thank you so much for joining me and helping me process my own feelings and my own thoughts, because it, it's a lot. And I hope that conversations like this continue to be had in people's personal life, at their jobs, in their friendships, at their dinner tables. Because, it is a lot. I mean, and, it, you it's know, a lot. I appreciate you having me here again. You know, I'm always down for processing everything that's going on. It's especially important with the line of work that we do and especially, you know, important because we are a part of this mm -hmm. community to continuously have these conversations like we said earlier, um, just to check in and make sure that we're okay. Absolutely, absolutely. And Raymond, for, before I ask you my last question, is there anything else you want to say or leave the people with? I know you uh, are having a new venture as a Zumba instructor. Oh, anything you yet. want to share about um, that? All I will say is stay tuned to my okay. um, social media. I'm still working on that. But I will say um, to everybody out there listening, just take care of yourself. It's, it's 2021, you know, as you we're in a pandemic, right? And so a lot of people are getting sick from mm -hmm. COVID. A lot of people are dying. And the statistics show that uh, the black and brown communities are dying and getting sick at a higher rate. So, you know, take your vitamins, get exercise, make sure you're looking at what foods you're eating, because those are the things that's going to be important for long-term health. And even if, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's just so important moving forward to just make sure that you're doing all of those things. Because a lot of times I feel as if it, this, this healthy journey is getting pushed aside, you know, people are saying, yes, you know, take the vaccine and everything's okay, but it's not necessarily about human design, like man-made medicine. It's also, and you know, what you're putting into your bodies as well and what you're doing for your bodies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, if anything, these two years are 2020 and 2021 are teaching us is it's really an inside out. You know, you have to take care of your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health. Um, it's important and it's it all is. connected. It is all connected. And um, just, you know, listeners, make sure you're, yes. you're taking care of yourself. 
And so that brings me to my next question, which is what's in your cup? And Raven, this is the segment where I ask my guests and my listeners to think of three things that they need in their cup to get them through their day and their week. And while you think of your answer, I will give you mine. So I definitely um, need change in my cup. And change means for me, um, what can I do to create change in my environment, in my space, in my community, um, in this country? So really, um, I'm thinking about that, like, what what change do I need to make? What change can I make? Um, I definitely need love in my cup. Um, like the Bible talks about, uh, the most important thing Jesus asked us to do was to love. And I think that in a time where hate is so amplified, um, I definitely need to make sure that I'm operating in a space and in a position of love just for my own well-being. Mm -hmm. And the last thing is self-care, making sure that I'm honoring my time and myself when I'm feeling like I'm carrying too much or feeling like my cup is getting too full. So definitely um, in this this cup mm, very, of mine is nice. change, love, and self-care. Okay. Thank you. What about so, for you, Raven? I was trying to listen to your wonderful ones and to think about mine at the same time. <laughs> so I guess the first one would definitely be humility. Um, that's in my cup. It's 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 very important mm. right now. Um, just to you know come to the table and you know say I am angry, but I'm also willing to understand, mm. and I'm also willing to have these tough conversations and place myself in uncomfortable situations to learn how to be the change for the communities that you know that we need to to be representative representative of so definitely some humility um i would definitely also say compassion um we have spoken a lot about the different people who are not on the same page with us and while that makes me angry i have to be compassionate and i have to you know understand their perspectives and continuously try to work with those people to you know give them a different avenue to direct their you know their ideologies and stuff so i definitely have to be compassionate and then on the last one definitely with the i loved your self-care one so i'm gonna say action you know i have made a a conscious mm. effort this year to you know join different organizations i'm a part of the national association for black social workers i'm a, i'm i'm in the process of joining the um NAACP and the Waterbury um chapter i want to make sure that i am actually putting to action you know doing things not just talking about it so it's just important to you know put my actions put my words into actions I, I love that. And I think that's um, a great way to fuel because anger can turn to bitterness, which can turn to hate, yep. right? These things can fester in, inside. And I think that as we think and look at the, the trauma of what we all witnessed um, at the Capitol, think about what is sitting inside of you and, and what do you need to do to get rid of that? And I think action is a great way to kind of process, deal, and feel like you're doing something and not letting those emotions just sit there. Because I think sometimes we say, okay, if I just talk about it, or if I just put this thought on social media, it'd be done. And then it's still sitting there. And it's just like, why won't this go away? And I think it's sometimes because we need action. And so um, I think that's just an awesome cup. And so Again, thank you so much. I so appreciate this conversation. Listeners, 
Um, please follow Raven on um, her social media, which will be in the link in this bio. Like and share it, and find Coffee and Combos on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and everyone, yes, be well and be safe. Raven, take care. Bye.